0: Good morning, it is nine oh seven and this morning well we'll start with I Save Brian Hansen's life and he doesn't even know it. Uh oh. Stacey Abrams is somewhat confused. Lauren Boebert confuses well, pretty much all the Democrats. That's just the beginning of today's program. We welcome you and invite you to join us. Uh, you can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, it pops right up in studio, or you can call me, 874-9390, if you're local, 800-529-5572, if you're not in the Columbia, Missouri area. In the meantime, Mr. Hansen, you are alive and breathing because of me. Um,
1: <laughs> did you want me to guess on what, uh, well, what happened? or you
0: should know. You see, you insulted the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that's yesterday. kind of what I was thinking. It wasn't yeah. an
1: intentional insult. You, I just figured that you were watching
0: the game, and you picked on I just pickings. sent you a quick text. Actually, we we weren't watching the game. Oh, uh, Gwen was li- listening to it, uh, and I got a text from you, picking on Pickens. Pick it, huh? Pick it, pick it. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, I could have passed it along to Gwen, but you didn't. Well, that's why you're alive today. Yeah, I, I just thought it was
1: kind of unusual for the quarterback's name to be Pickett, and I I just said, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> so I, I didn't expect you to forward it on to Gwen. I just mentioned it in passing. Yeah, well. I was like, that was kind of funny.
0: I'm going to hang on to that, and then uh, the next time you piss me off, I'm, I'm going to send it to her. <laughs> and then I won't have to put up with you anymore the Surgeon General in Florida through the CDC under the bus. Uh, the State Surgeon General, Dr. Lep, uh, Lepato, has uh, announced new guidelines regarding mRNA vaccines. The Florida Department of Health uh, conducted analysis, and, and uh, that's unique, uh, but apparently they have decided, and the analysis found that, there is an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39, and uh, that's within 28 days following the mRNA vaccine. With a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccine uh, or the vaccination is likely outweighed by this abnorm- abnormally high risk of cardiac-related death among men in this age group. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased risks. So, I still think if you're a senior citizen and you got vaxxed, you probably, probably did the right thing. But, you know, this constant push, I mean, the damn thing, really, it's over. It's over. Knock it the hell off. Quit telling me every day who dies. You don't tell me every day who dies of any other flu. Stop this. Why do they want this to continue on? Why do they want to just keep telling us and scaring people? To what end? It's over. and Nope, they don't stop. They just keep trying to scare you. If you're under 65... I wouldn't get the damn thing, really I wouldn't, and even then, if you're over sixty five and relatively healthy, I'd probably avoid it. Uh, it but they just they just never stop trying to scare us and i my hat's off uh to dr Lopato Ladapo I'm sorry uh, I think uh it's about time people started standing up at the government level and saying no, this is not a good idea and teachers get your asses back in school if we're going to pay you to teach get in there and teach none this crap about you know, gee everybody has to be vaccinated bravo Sierra just get in there and do what you're supposed to do of course I still think you're better off not sending your kid to government schools but if we're going to pay them they ought to at least show up all the time 8749390 toll free 800-529-5572 Stacy Abrams is confused. I don't I, I listened to this and at first it sounded, you know, like typical double talk uh on the part of uh, of a uh, progressive. So she got to one line and it was like, "What? Nonsense." If I threw the question out to listeners, they would know instantly the answer that she's confused about. Here she is on Fox News. For you to become governor, where would you draw the line? 15 weeks, viability, 36 weeks, what's the limit?
1: What I've always said is that abortion is a medical decision that should be made by a doctor and the woman. And that the point of viability as determined by a doctor should always take into consideration the life and health of a woman. That should be the standard. But the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy we know exactly when a pregnancy starts. That we know exactly...
0: What? We... It's a fallacy that we know when a pregnancy starts? Is there some question about this that, I don't, that I don't, uh, I'm not aware of? Let me do a quick search. I'm, I'm curious. I would love to hear from, uh, from progressives out there uh, as well as anybody else. In my mind, it seems really crystal clear. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind when a pregnancy starts. 874 Just a reality check for me. In your mind, when does a pregnancy start? Go to GaryNolan.com. I feel like I'm missing something here. Brian, in your mind, when does a pregnancy start? At uh, conception. Okay, so you and I are both apparently ill-informed. Yeah,
1: I I'm not sure what she's thinking. Maybe she meant to say when life
0: begins. She said when a pregnancy starts. Right. By the way, just about every state, just about every state uh, takes into consideration the life of the mother. I can't think of any offhand that don't. So that's kind of a red herring that she's throwing out there. But when does a pregnancy start? I, I thought that was just crystal clear. knowledge. Yeah. But the problem, of course, is that with the progressives, biology has a, well, it's it's completely different than what we've been taught. Biology is like, you know, transgender and all that malarkey. Hey, that sounds like Biden, doesn't it? The no malarkey tour. Anybody have a different definition of when pregnancy starts? Because it seems crystal clear to me. And Stacy Abrams, she doesn't seem to have a clue. It's uh, it it should, it should it should be without question. When the uh, egg and the sperm uh, mix, uh, you got life. Uh, that's pregnancy. At the very least, it's pregnancy. I think, uh, but we'll find out. Maybe we're missing something. And Lauren Bobert, 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 Um I regret this on the uh, National Gun Show before she ran for office. I was going to have her on the program, and I went back and forth with uh, my co-host at the time, and and uh, he decided, nah, it's not really, not really important. Now, of course, she has turned out to be a real asset on the Second Amendment. I mean, incredibly. And she just trolled the left, and it worked brilliantly. This is Joe Biden. Listen carefully.
1: Let me start off with two words.
0: Made in America. <laughs> okay, so I think he did this once before, didn't he, Brian? I think so, yeah. It was, I uh, don't remember what the it was, like a, was but it was
1: a, the same type deal.
0: Like a three-letter word or a four-letter word, and it turned out to be... They either he can't spell or he can't count. Jobs, I think that's yeah, what Yeah, jobs. Jobs, a three-letter word, J-O-B-S. Um, but that's what he said. He, I'll give it to you one more time.
1: Let me start off with two words. Made in America. So, <laughs> so... <laughs> now, now keep in mind, I'm trying to defend the left here. None of them heard that because they watched their mainstream sources. And it wasn't aired on any of those sources, So they're in the dark.
0: (laughs) Well, of course they are. They're progressive. (laughs) So David Hogg responds on Twitter. Three words. You're an idiot. Uh, Chip Franklin. Is Lauren Boebert dumb as dirt or just unable to count? George Takai. You might remember him from uh, Star Trek. Uh, Two words. Let's go. Oh, no, no. She can't count. That's uh, George Takai. She can't count. (laughs) because Lauren Bobert tweeted two words. Let's go Brandon. <laughs> uh then uh John Cooper. Breaking. Lauren Bobert just completely humiliated herself tweeting two words, let's go Brandon. That's three words. She's such a friggin moron. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so apparently they should be tweeting this about Joe Biden. Of course they won't. That would that would just uh, never happen. But it was, it, and it went viral. Biden's thing went viral. Everybody, a lot of people were playing it. Uh, apparently they just, they just missed it somehow. All right, we got to take a break. We're up against the clock. We're right here though. And taking your calls, you can post. You can go to com. send me a message. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 921. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Uh, So if you're out to buy a house, which uh, I did, I moved a little closer to work. Um, In fact, uh, this week I'm going to be moving. God, I hate moving. Uh, Master bedroom is a term you won't hear when you go out shopping for a new home, at least in large part. A Legend has it the term master's bedroom first showed up in a Sears catalog in the 1920s. In the 1920s, though, the real estate industry used the phrase master bedroom and its sidekick master bathroom to denote the home's main sleeping space for decades. It conjures images of slavery to people of color. So if a black person goes out to buy a house and somebody describes the master bedroom and the master bath they suddenly have this look on their face like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. This, this reminds me of slavery. It's not related to slavery, at least not that I know of. But apparently their misconception means we have to rephrase the term. not that irritating? I, I don't know why I find that so irritating. I mean, it was the 1920s, long after slavery, and uh, somebody today, it, it conjures an image in their mind. In their mind. I don't believe it. I think it's a flat-out lie. I think it's an absolute ignorant lie. I don't think anybody, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, hears the term master bedroom. And suddenly thinks slavery. I I don't I don't believe it conjures images of slavery. We've used the, ter- the term apparently since the 1920s. It has nothing to do with a master of a of a you know a cotton plantation in southern U.S. Here's the the weird part about this story is that
1: agents are replacing master bedroom. With primary bedroom or, get this, owner's suite. Yeah. Speaking of negative connotations, I mean, won't they say, Oh, I'm not owned by anyone.
0: We have to remove that. Well, somewhere down the road... I know. They could do that. And suddenly it won't work. Master bedroom with primary bedroom and owner's suite. It allows them to identify the largest bedroom in the home without referencing... One of the nation's darkest legacies. They're not re- uh, re- uh, referencing slavery. I mean, it's just stupid. Then there's the bedroom on one side, bathroom in the middle, bedroom on the other side. What's that called? That's a Jack and Jill, right? Yeah. Commonly used to describe something that appears in pairs like closets or sinks in or bathrooms. His and hers and or Jack and Jill... Are not inclusive of everyone's living situation. Oh, that's offensive too? Sure. Someone might share a space with their opposite gender spouse, uh, but they might also live with a same sex spouse or partner. So now, because of this, we're supposed to call it a Jack and Jack or a Jill and Jill? (laughs) Good Lord. Two sinks in the primary suite are a selling point. Straightforward descriptions like dual or double or best. <clears throat> We're just constantly readjusting because because they're weasels, snowflakes. Bachelor pad. Always steer clear of property descriptions that describe the potential buyers, says Ashley Meekham, Principal broker with Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. That's why bachelor pad, besides being dated, is problematic. It suggests the property is meant for a single man. However, only (laughs) the buyer can decide whether the property meets their needs. Instead, DeJong says it's better to just use descriptive, gender-neutral adjectives. So folks know whether a particular space has the features they want or need. So now, it's historically people have used bachelor pad to describe the smaller spaces... That might appeal to someone living alone. Uh, With that in mind, words like cozy or quaint are more appropriate and more helpful. So you're going to go to a guy and say, here's a quaint place to live? (laughs) I find that offensive. Huh? A quaint pad. Yes, I find that offensive. Mother-in-law suite or granny unit. You don't have to be a widowed grandmother to take up residence in a basement apartment or a secondary living space on the property. But detached from the main house, therefore it's unnecessary, possibly sexist, and presumptuous to put mother-in-law or granny in a property description. Who's to say your mother-in-law needs or even wants to bunk with the rest of the family? Besides, some buyers might have a vision of Turning the space into a rental unit, home office, or guest suite—a living space for grabs. So oh, what they can't envision that in their minds. Today, many agents ditch these passe terms for the official words for these spaces: accessory dwelling units or ADUs. Wow, these people are so <laughs> stupid. They can't look at what has always been described as an in-law suite and say to themselves, you know, I'd rather use that as an office. That somehow is offensive. How how weak-minded are we? And here's one that really baffled me, Brian. Walking distance. I used to see that all the time. Walking mm-hmm. distance from a yeah. dog park. Walking distance from groceries or shopping or whatever. Schools, yeah. Yeah, walking distance might seem like a benign and clear-cut term, but in real estate property descriptions, it's actually ambiguous and quite sticky. Walkable to one person isn't walkable to another. It also oh, excludes... I see.
1: I see where they're offended. What about you- people in wheelchairs?
0: Yeah. It's not walkable to them, so we have to remove it. Yeah, it could be rollable to them. Yeah. Uh, it's also ex- uh, excludes with mobility challenges. It um, wrongly implies the home isn't suitable for folks like that or that they wouldn't be interested in uh, nearby attractions. The replacement agents are now indicating how close properties are to an area attraction like school, shopping, and major employers. Uh, DeJong favors stating exact mileage from the property to various places. So it's uh, an eighth of a mile here, a sixteenth of a mile there. Get out your tape measure. This allows the buyer to decide whether the property is in walking distance or not. How absolutely pathetic this is. Uh, Roy sent me a message. He said, remember Saturday Night Live when it was funny? Jack and Jill becomes Pat and Pat bathrooms. Apparently not funny anymore. No, no. No, the PC police are out. And they're in enraged. How silly is all of this? Who thinks of this stuff anyway? Do they
1: stay up late at night and start thinking, hmm, you know, I've been thinking about the term master bedroom for, you know, years now. And I, I'm going to be on a mission to change that. And then they start getting into other terms. And some people just have no life.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, I, I actually I actually think that people sit around looking for these sorts of things. So they can, you know, make the case. Vanderbilt has a pause on, well, surgery. We'll tell you what that's all about. That's coming up in the next half hour. And Florida's immigrant workers, ready to rebuild. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 935, glad to have you with us. Uh, migrant workers in Florida coming up, but wrapping up on the uh, master bedroom. Uh, the article says, of course, there is still a chance that you'll encounter property description with outdated or biased language. They've, they literally have assigned it, defined it as biased, even though it, it, could, it, it could be completely innocuous. Uh, at, um, an older real estate agent who's been calling the master suite, the master suite for 20 years while in the business continues to do that. That's a bias. This is absolute insanity. They have constantly been pushing the, the definition of words, and, and, and people keep succumbing to this. Keith sent me a message. He said, this is part of the communist playbook. If you control the language, you can control the people. If my real estate agent is offended when I say Master Suite, Jack and Jill bathroom, I'd inform them they just lost their 3% commission because I'm getting another real estate salesperson. That'll learn them. How do you fight this, Brian? I have no clue. How do you fight this?
1: I'm they not sure. They redefine words
0: mean, constantly. Generally, used- I just ignore people that do
1: stuff like this and continue to use what I've always used.
0: But but that that doesn't
1: stop the stupidity. No, I don't think
0: that you can stop stupidity, can you? I, I would think the distortion of the language ought to be a priority. Since we need to communicate. If you say. um, That you. uh, That somebody is. Mentally retarded. May we use that term. Seemingly forever. But you can't say that anymore. Because some people get offended. But retarded. Is a perfectly normal word. You retard the timing on a car. Uh, I mean it's just nonsense to change it to mentally challenged because mentally challenged will eventually be in the minds of the left as offensive as retarded was and then they'll have to reevaluate what they refer to when somebody's IQ is retarded It, it, it never stops it's frustrating. It's irritating, I, and and I, I'm offended by their being offended. How's that? Can I use that as a, uh, as as a as a weapon, a cudgel to beat them over the head with? I don't know. It's just it's the country is getting crazier all the time, and I imagine there are young people listening who think I'm out of step. I'm out of sync. Maybe I am, but I believe I'm right. I believe you can't just keep redefining things because you don't like what the definition is. Because whatever you redefine, eventually it gets the same the same title as, as the original. You can call a master bedroom anything you want, but in my mind when I hear it, it's going to be master bedroom. I uh, I don't know. Uh, There is a story at uh, the Sun Sentinel down in Florida about migrant workers. You remember my argument about price gouging? For those of you who are new, I will do this briefly. No government at any level should prohibit price gouging. Price gouging is actually good for the market. It makes people bring product to market that wouldn't ordinarily go there. And so it, it, it's it's uh, it's like a telegram. We need lumber. Bring lumber. All right, I'll crank up the price to cover my cost and to make a profit. And that'll increase supply. And as the supply increases, the demand uh, equalizes and prices start coming down. It's, it's perfect. When you say no gouging people buy as much as they want they don't conserve at all because the price doesn't act as uh, an inhibitor the same is true with labor and these uh, migrant workers who are carpenters and plumbers electricians they're going to they're going to flock to florida and they're going to make a ton of money and they should it's whatever the market will bear more on that in just a minute. But, Gary, on the master bedroom question, Gary, welcome. How are you? I'm
1: fine, Gary. Gary, I'm willing to bet you a new cat for Gwen that the people who complain about the term master bedroom are
0: white. You know, as much as I would um, like to win every bet, uh, that's <laughs> one I, I don't want to win.
1: <laughs> oh well, <laughs> Well, we tried anyway, but nevertheless, I'm willing to bet it is white. Oh, it probably like,
0: is. It's probably it's, rich liberals.
1: It's like the B L T uh, riots and stuff. Where over seventy percent of the rioters were white.
0: Oh, Black Lives Matter. You mean? Yeah, Black BLM. Lives Matter. What did I say? Uh, Black. Li- well, I don't know. Who cares? You. You were on the right track. Yeah, yep. these are rich anyway. liberals. Yep. All right.
1: And take uh, care, Gary.
0: All right, Gary. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah. I'm sure that that because they're the the liberals are just. So cowardly, and and they all feel so guilty. I don't know, craziness, just run amok. So uh, it is the poor helping the poor, according to Sister Rosa Gonzalez, who oversaw a days uh, several days of operations. Uh, she's watching uh, uh, as as people come in for food. Uh, Fort Myers uh, poor immigrant workers will soon help rebuild the city from the ground up. Removing the debris from people's lawns, painting their homes. This is why you want immigrants to come here, because they can get jobs. It may be not a great job, but it's a start. They'll, they'll always work harder. Immigrants coming into this country always work harder. Their first and second generation are always successful. Or not always, I, I guess I can't say always, but almost always. They work hard. I'm not going down to Florida and clean up people's yards. Are you? Of course not. But these people come here looking for work, trying to get ahead. They're good people. They're hard workers. And they'll do a hell of a job. And they'll get paid. And they'll spend it. They'll save it. They'll invest it. And you know what they'll do? They'll tell their children, you got to get a good education. You don't want to have to do what I'm doing for a living. Every immigrant that ever came in cleaning houses, scrubbing other people's toilets, said to their children, you don't want to be on your hands and knees scrubbing the floor in a bathroom. Get a good education. Get a good job. And those children watching their parents struggle did just that. And there's nothing wrong with that labor. Absolutely nothing wrong with that labor. But it's a start in the right direction. Democrats and Republicans have not figured it out yet. And, and, you know, it's, it's how this country has always worked. People come into the country, they look for any kind of job at all. They bring their trade with them, and they go to work. And they're thrilled at the opportunity. You know how I know that? Because they're here. Wherever they were at before was not as good as here. You'll hear the left say, well, they're they're being underpaid, they're being overworked, they're being this, they're... They're here because it's an improvement. If they were making a buck an hour in Mexico, if they could find a job, if they were searching through dumps looking for food, then coming here was an improvement. And this... This is like heaven to them. They can find work. Republicans and Democrats alike need to look at immigration from a completely different light. You've got to start welcoming these people into this country with open arms. The, the only problem that we have is the result of Democrats. Whether it's the income tax, Social Security, government schools... Those things cost. Those are negatives. The free health care, people love that. But that shouldn't be what draws people to this country. Charity hospitals should take care of the ill that haven't the the means to take care of themselves. Americans should welcome these laborers who come into the country because they're going to do jobs that most of us don't want to do. They'll keep the cost of living down. They'll teach their kids to, to work hard, to work smart, to do better. And they'll move up the income ladder. And when they're no longer doing those menial tasks, other people will be coming into the country to take their place. It's like the ladder of success. And it doesn't exist in very many places. But it does here. And the Republicans and the Democrats better learn to welcome immigrants to this country. All right, clock time. Brian's pushing the music. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 9.51, and Brian is ever the pessimist. Brian, why do you you say these things? (laughs) During the break, we're... Being real. That's just the way it happens usually, right? Yeah, well, during the break, we were chatting because somebody we all know has for the last probably six weeks or more been telling you that the Republicans are not going to lose the Senate. I could see where the momentum was building, and I knew that the Republicans, and I still believe this, were going to take the Senate. In fact, the story that we're talking about, I think, is wrong. But uh, anyway, I will tell you that uh, apparently real clear politics has finally come around, and they agree with me. Uh, they predicted that Democrats will lose their majority in the Senate next month. Uh, and they think Herschel Walker is going to lose his race against Raphael Warnock. But they do believe that Pat Toomey's seat in Pennsylvania is going to be safe. we got a little news about that, uh, about that race here in just a minute. Uh, Georgia, uh, per Real Clear Politics map, will stay Democrat hands for another six years. Uh, uh, but I, I'm not convinced that's true. There is this split-ticket mentality that, that they're counting on. But I think that the governor's race is very important in Georgia. And it's a slam dunk that that uh, Stacey Abrams is going to lose. And I think the governor's going to have coattails. And I think when they're in that voting booth, they're going to go, Pfft, yeah, no, not to Raphael Warnock. That's my prediction. But nevertheless... Uh, In Arizona, Republican Senate nominee Blake Masters trails by 4.1 points to uh, Mark Kelly. Not a single one of the seven polls used for the average has Republican leading. Still, real clear politics predicts the race as a GOP pickup. I think it will be. I think part of the reason that these polls are showing the gaps that they are is 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 because there are a certain amount of Republicans who won't tell a stranger on the phone... ...that they are, in fact, voting Republican. Uh, And I think that's throwing off the polling data. In Nevada, Republican nominee Adam Laxalt leads incumbent Catherine Cortez Mastro uh, by 2.1 points. In that case, Laxalt leads uh, in each of the six polls used by the aggregator. The race is also listed as a pickup. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be more than 2.1 points... It's going to be bigger than, than, I believe, the polling data show. In Georgia, where Walker's troubles continue to turn off voters, he is only down by 3.8, according to the Real Clear average. But they project a race as a Democrat hold. Four and six polls cited were released before Walker's scandalous week. I talked with, uh, with listeners here, and I'm sure there are independents who are in the same track. It's, uh, the direction the country is going is horrible uh will take Warn. We'll we'll take Warnock out uh and replace him. It's it's a tough sell, but I think people really don't want the Democrats to have complete control, and I believe they're gonna they're they're not gonna vote uh, for Warnock in the numbers that they expect. And in uh, Pennsylvania, Mehmet Oz trails Fetterman by four point three. Uh, points uh, an average of six surveys, but they still think Oz is going to win the race. So that would uh, leave the Republicans with a two-seat advantage in the Senate. I do think it's going to be three. I could be wrong uh, on the Warnock race, but I think the momentum, the disgust with the direction the country is going, the price of gasoline going up, the stock market going down, I think people are going to say, nah, Anything to to take the power away from Schumer, uh, Pelosi, and Biden, and I think he, I still think he prevails. The Fetterman race is getting interesting, uh, and I'll tell you, I I thought this was going to happen, uh, and, and I cannot wait for the debate. For those of you who don't know, the voting is already started, and the and they're hoping on the Democrat side. That before the debate, people will, Democrats will, because they predominate, uh, they dominate uh, in, in uh, mail-in voting, that, that it'll be baked in. That his support uh, uh, for Fetterman, that Fetterman's support will be, uh, you know, you may have buyer's remorse. You may watch the debate and think, oh, my God, what a mistake that was. But by then, the votes will be in, and they think that'll carry Fetterman. That's why they've delayed it as long as they have. But I'm thinking, you know, Oz is closing the gap, and they're going to have that debate, and that's going to inspire a lot of voters uh, to change their minds, and I think that uh, 4.3% disappear. All of the issues defining the U.S. Senate race between Republican Mehmet Oz and Democrat John Fetterman, Mr. Fetterman's health should rank close to last. Even so, it has loomed large in an increasingly tight contest— For a potentially pivotal U.S. Senate seat, Mr. Fetterman can diminish the influence of this distracting side issue by releasing his medical records now and allowing reporters to question his physician. Now, before we go too far, let me tell you, this is the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, not famous for their radical Republican support and conservatism. As a matter of transparency, all candidates for major political office should release their medical records, disclosing conditions that might affect their ability to serve. Medical records are not a perfect indicator of health, but they are more reliable than biased and self-serving assessments by the candidates themselves. I only agree to the extent that there may be a mental problem. If you've got uh, diabetes, a bad heart, uh, who knows? I don't care. That's not anybody's business. But if you've had a stroke and you're suffering from aphasia and you can't communicate, I think people probably have some questions that ought to be answered somehow. Shouldn't be mandated. But if you've got a, you know, and clearly this guy does. He's got s- several problems the result of his stroke. And why are they not... You know, they're, they're talking about he should release his, his records, his med- his uh, 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 medical records. Why aren't they talking about how he doesn't hold press conferences? Why aren't they talking about how he doesn't make long campaign stops? Why aren't they talking about th- th- him being unable to respond to uh audible input i mean if if i'm if i'm in pennsylvania and i'm covering this race i'm asking myself how will this guy respond in a senate debate but there's more we'll share it with you next on the gary nolan show